This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com folks back here i'm extremely excited to be joined by my good buddy katie capozzi hey good buddy i I call you that sometimes on my column i I believe that's what you call me every time you send me a text or give me a call my good buddy buddy yep my good buddy katie capozzi so before we start i want to say i'm I'm sorry katie you wanted to do your own intro music you did um be not because I guess you don't like the landmine high energy no filter. I think that's fantastic. I just also wanted to get myself in the right. Gotta get the zone. Yeah, gotta get in the zone. I, I called my podcast person uh, Jason, and he said that there's algorithms that they would have picked it up, and I would have gotten in trouble. It so. would have kicked the the landmine podcast off of iTunes. So how sad that, would everybody be? In that about case, that? in that case, you're like put on the music right now. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Uh, so I got to start with this. Uh, I met you many years ago. Probably 2012 time frame when I ran for state senate when I was doing maybe before that even I think before yeah and and I I'm, I'm big on Facebook you may, may have seen yeah I've seen uh, I guess I've seen your stuff you haven't yeah. seen much though because I tried at one point I sent you a friend request yep and didn't hear back from you there for a minute and I just kind of went back and periodically just was checking and you know it's a request pending and several years went by and uh, I eventually canceled it. <laughs> I think you just canceled it like two weeks ago. At first, I couldn't find you because I couldn't find Katie Capozzi. Yep. Then I then I saw we like had mutual mutual friends. You're you're Catherine. I am Catherine. It's my given name. So that's how you <clears> tell <throat> if somebody's not really your friend if they call you Catherine, right? Totally, and it happens all the time. Not all the time, but occasionally someone will come up and say, "Hey, Catherine." I'm like, "Aha!" <laughs> you're not really my friend. Yeah. Um. So you're the let's see the president CEO of the Alaska State Chamber. Correct. But that's a re- recent development. Very recent. So I want to talk a little bit about that later, but then I want to talk about, let's go way back, who's Katie Capozzi and how did you get to Alaska? Uh, I know your dad was a fighter pilot. That's right. Yep. So you, you grew up not in Alaska. No, no. I grew up all over the place. So born in South Carolina. So I guess technically I'm a South Carolinian. And then lived in Germany in a couple different places, uh, Virginia, Colorado, Idaho, Pennsylvania, uh, California for a little bit, France. For a couple years. So how many schools did you go to? I think a total of ten. Oh my gosh! I went to th- I went to the same elementary, same middle, same high. Just psh, really? Through. Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico, same place. Where in New Mexico? Outside of Albuquerque. Oh, so Kirtland, pretty. Kirtland Air Force Base. Oh, you. is that so? Were you, was your dad in the military or mom? He, or? He, my dad was twenty five years in the Navy, okay. but he retired right after I was born. Okay. So I didn't. I, that I wasn't did, your lifestyle then. Not really. I mean, I grew up. We go to the commissary all the time. We uh-huh. go on the base all the time. Yeah. Do stuff. So. Kind, so was he bit. from New Mexico? No, parents are from Chicago. Okay. I feel like I'm getting interviewed here. A little what? Bit. I like that. Turning I... it around on me. They were from Chicago. They met. Actually, it's a funny story. Um, in '72. They actually this ring my dad gave me. I was just admiring that Playboy ring. Bunny ring here. Yeah. Look at that. Very nice. He, he, anyways, he got that in Italy when he was in the Navy in the 60s. But he was back home for a wedding, his sister's wedding. He went to a bar afterwards with my uncle 
and my mom was there and she he was 29 she was 21 and he went up to her and this is a true story he said i'll bet you a dollar i can kiss you without touching you and she was like okay like okay so he kissed her and then he said he lost the bet and he gave her a dollar <laughs> brilliant i mean how well, many times have you tried that now i've not well that probably wouldn't fly these days true well maybe where you i gotta just real quick try uh, chime in thank you for this uh Aachen, Aachenstein, what is it, how do you say that? I have no idea, just seemed like a good bottle. You brought in a really nice bottle of, of scotch, three wood, triple distilled, and it is lovely. Single, I think it's single malt here. Single drop, triple distilled, oh yeah. So I heard through the grapevine that you like scotch, so. You, you heard You heard correct. You, you, asked me if I knew, you asked me if I knew some person named Glenn, and I said, I know Glenn Livett. <laughs> you need to know the other Glenn, he's the scotch master, I'll make sure you, you are introduced. Connect us, so. Yep. Okay, so you eventually moved to Alaska mm-hmm. uh, with the, the dad. Wait, hold on. We're not. I'm not done with this story here about your dad kissing your mom. So the rest is history. So this Sounds is actually like- crazy. I've I've told the story before on the podcast with other people. They okay. kept in touch. He left right away because he was in the Navy. He was yeah. on the carrier. They kept in touch. Um, you know, via like fucking Telegram. I found oh, these cool. Telegrams once at the house, and oh, that's they, cool. They over the course of the year, you know, communicated. And then he came back, and they saw each other a few times. And I mean, this is the '70s, right? It's, they got married a year later. They yeah. had only, you know, physically been like, you know, around each other for a few months, I guess, in that period of a year. Yeah. And then he asked her to get married, and she, they got married. So, what made them choose New Mexico? So, I was born in San Diego, uh, Balboa Naval Hospital, and he was just retiring, and they were going to go back to Chicago, but they saw an advertisement um, in this newspaper for a very cheap houses they were kind of at that point outside of albuquerque they were forming a new little community uh-huh. and they bought a three-bedroom house for like 80 and 84 85 for like fifty-eight thousand dollars. so you were a baby yeah so I, I grew up in new mexico i just i was in so San Diego when were you born are you older than 80, me? 84 You're younger than me december 84 when were you born 82 really yep you look a lot younger than me uh, thanks someone told someone told me when i was 28 i was playing cards with some executive type people and somebody made a reference to the 80s and i go oh, i was born in 84 and guy goes wait a minute you're 28 i go yeah and he goes jesus christ that's a hard 28 <laughs> been ridden hard and put away wet that's what he said he's like <laughs> he's like you you are high mileage aren't you i go what the fuck does that mean <laughs> He high called energy. me. He called me high mileage. That's awesome. He's like, he's like, those aren't those aren't highway miles. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this whole table for like ten minutes was roasting me. It was pretty funny. I like it. Um. So yeah. So I did not grow up. So so New Mexico. So are your parents still in New Mexico? Yeah, they still are. Okay. Yeah, and they just celebrated their what is it, seventy three, seventy two, I guess, forty seventh wedding anniversary. Ah, oh, congrats few, to the Landfields. A few weeks ago. That's awesome. It's a long time. Did they come visit you? Um, they actually never, no, they've never been up here and that's a problem. I don't, yeah, we gotta change that. I, I go back and see them all the time and my sister's in LA, so hmm. like was there last year and they came down and. So is that what you were doing in LA a couple weeks ago? Seeing the sister. Yeah. Yeah. Parents weren't there. And then that weird guy in the shower. Oh, Bryce. Yeah. We need. Yeah. That's my good friend. Yeah. So, well, he got us a room at the W and yeah. I walked in and I go, wow, that shower is right in the middle of the room. Have you ever gone to the W? I have not. It's, it's like a posh, I don't know, cosmopolitan type. Kind of modern, but yeah, there's a shower. Literally, I was like, "Wait a minute, is the toilet in the middle of the room too?" Luckily, the toilet has its own little room. It's like sequestered, but um, yeah. So he was, he was, I, he was in the shower, and I snapped a selfie. I saw. Got a lot of activity. <clears throat> I bet it did. I should, I should make my account private. 
So that way you have to accept my friend requ- request. That's true. So I can't spy on you because yeah. you're not a public guy anyway. No, I'm I'm very uh, super private, very private person. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. You came to Alaska. You were how old? Fourteen, or just about, just about fourteen. So you went to high school. I did. I went to Bartlett, but my junior year, my dad. So my dad was active duty Air Force. Uh, he got stationed to Hickam Air Force Base. So I was Hickam, is that in Hawaii. Oh, I was thinking somewhere else. So I was pretty excited because I was like, oh, I started school in Alaska, going to finish high school in Hawaii. This is awesome. And showed up first day of school in Hawaii, and it was not a not a good scene. So Why not? <clears throat> then I started campaigning. This was my first experience with a campaign is I campaigned my parents to let me leave there and actually move back to Alaska and live with my best friend, Deantha Crockett. You might know her. So oh, yeah. I, I know Deantha. Yep. Yep. So... I lived with Deantha uh, my senior year of high school and finished out here. Wait, so what was the bad scene in Hawaii? Just well, like... so I, you know, it's tough to move anywhere as a 16-year-old and be plopped into the middle of a high school, but Hawaii is particularly difficult. I mean, and maybe Alaska is similar. Like, that, that is just such a tight community. Um, I was a Howley girl. I didn't look like them. I didn't talk like mm-hmm. them. I didn't act like them. Uh, there was the school that I went to didn't have any military kids at all. Just, it's just where we lived. Uh, so it was just a super tough environment. I mean, the the day I showed up, it was kind of like, you are an outsider. You don't belong here. Get away. Oh yeah, it must be tough. So, um, anyway, learned a lot that year. So the the parents approved your return? After a hard, hard campaign. They were not going to have any of that, but, um. Let me ask you, was the Anthas, was her family on board with this idea before you petitioned your parents? Well, we got them there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Katie's coming over for a couple days. <laughs> Could be longer. She's bringing a few suitcases. Yeah, she's she's. No, they were super supportive of it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like a, a second daughter over in that household as well. So uh, that's that's Marilyn Crockett, yep. right? Yep. And, and they always have the award. Yes, the Marilyn Crockett Award. She she's a she's an awesome kind lady. of a legend in the she oil is and a gas yeah. world. Yeah. So that's what I did, and then my parents ended up getting stationed back to Alaska. Actually, before I even finished my senior year of high school. So and they retired here. So we we live four miles away from each other now. So it's. And I also know this from talking to you and other people. You actually ended up marrying a fighter pilot yourself. I did, even though I swore I would never marry anyone in the military, what'd especially dad, a pilot. What did your dad say when you brought him home? He was like, oh, my God. Um, No, yeah. no, it was fine. I mean, I was definitely, according to me and everyone else, just not interested. Uh, it was kind of like a weird setup how it happened. We had mutual family friends from a million years ago. So when Daniel, my husband, got stationed up here, the the mutual family friend called my mom and said, oh, Jeffrey's best friend from the academy is just got stationed in Alaska. I think he should meet Katie. And my oh, mom yeah. and my mom called me and she told me the story and I was like, no way, this guy sounds way too old for me. There's like, I'm just not interested. He's older. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's older. I and, was just did a podcast before you with Joel Hall. Yeah, who also married an older man. Uh-huh. I think ten years or something. Okay, older. yeah, I think Daniel and I are either seven or eight years. Should probably do the math sometime. But uh, anyway, I was like, nope, not interested. I was still in college, you know, doing the college thing. This guy was already a fighter pilot. I knew that. And So this, this wasn't a Top Gun experience? No. In the bar? He... No, none of that. Nope. But then when he came over, I was like, well, he's pretty cute. I guess he could call me if he wanted to. So, call, Did you say call me maybe? I did. You said that before that was even a thing? No. You, you, you could have said that. I could have. Maybe I did. I don't know. We'll go with that. So, okay, so you're in college. You get married. Um... Now, at what point, because I've always known you as being like with the RDC. Yeah. I think you were at the RDC for Resource Development Council for yep. a long time. Yep. So got married in 2005 and we went to France for a couple of years. He taught at their French Air Force Academy. My husband did. Wait, oh, five. That means you got, it was, was pretty a tra- young. I was a you child were like bride. 20... Total child bride. Yeah. I was 22, almost 23. 
child bride. Yeah. It's, a good, it's, it's a good term. It's a very specific meaning to that term. <laughs> I, was, I, was I maybe shouldn't make jokes about it, but... <laughs> oh, you can say whatever you want. This yeah. is landmine radio. Yeah. We're, we're, no, we're no filter. Okay. So, moved to France, come back to Alaska, which was awesome. We never expected to come back to Alaska, but, but he ended up being one of the last pilots stationed here before the F-15s went away. And um, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life because uh, I had been not working in France. They actually wouldn't give me a working visa. So really tough luck. So but... he was he was teaching the French fighter pilots. Yep. Wow. Yep. Did you so... have like fret like with wife no, friends or no? Because I mean, so and so he was teaching cadets. He was teaching the cadets at the French Air Force Academy. So um, and I mean, there were no other Americans around, which was fine. But uh, the French are just like kind of like what you've heard in that they're just very kind of closed and. Mm-hmm. They were perfectly friendly. I had, you know, kind of the superficial level speak, don't friends. Don't you speak French? I do speak a little bit of French. We're not doing this today. I don't. Look, I mean, I, <laughs> Joelle Hall uh, earlier, she speaks Russian a little bit. Really? She, she oh, went cool. to the Russian language school in Monterey. Oh, so I went to French language training in Monterey. Yeah, so we were like. Oh, that's right, because she's she's a Navy, formerly Navy? Army. Or for, Army, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, and for a long time. Oh, I wonder when she was there. Uh, so it must have been the 90s. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Dan and I went to the Defense Language Institute to learn French before we went to France. So that was pretty cool. Six months of like, you're with the, all so the military. The, so they put you, you, you could do it too? They put me through it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a, an amazing opportunity. And the reason they let me do it is because we were doing an exchange job. So it's not like we were going to Ramstein Air Force Base where there's, you know, 50,000 Americans running around. We were dropped into southern france there were no other americans um, so like, I, I needed to be able to speak french in order to take my dog to the vet and get my car you know get the oil changed on my car and so that you're like 22 thing. 23 yeah. and you're just married and you're yeah. like in living this, in provence in this, in this french yeah it was nuts in this, in this military defense school in monterey and you're yeah. like yeah wow what if this is awesome oh and the coolest thing too is once we got to france we were considered diplomats so we had to go to the embassy to get our mail and every time you show up to the embassy, like they're on the walkie-talkies, and they see you walk in, and they say "diplomat," Ooh, as you that... like walk around through the halls of the embassy, and, you're, and like there I am in my flip-flops and like my sundress, and <laughs> 23 years old, like I'm. I promise, guys, I'm not really a diplomat. <laughs> Sounds very posh. <laughs> it felt posh. So how long were you there for? Two years. So did you kind of regret leaving, or were you excited? No, to leave? I was ready. Yeah, ready to come home. Um, it was an amazing opportunity. We lived in southern France, so Italy was two hours to the east, Spain was two hours to the west. You lived in the south of France. Yeah, that's like, like the that's like the surrounded by vineyards like everybody wants to go totally yep it was magical but quite ready to come home and be a little bit more independent again and um work so we get back uh daniel almost immediately has to deploy which was a real bummer and then i was just kind of afghanistan yep yeah wow yep he went there twice and so uh i was actually visiting him right before he deployed in mississippi he was learning a new a new plane and that's when lisa murkowski lost her primary 2010 right yep and so there i was like it's midnight in mississippi and i'm watching the results come in and i'm like oh no this is not this is not how it's supposed to be joe miller was measuring the drapes yeah that's right and so i that night on facebook was like for the first time ever i'm going to write in write in a campaign for u.s senate and my friend and I had a little chat on the side and created the write in Lisa Murkowski for U.S. Senate Facebook page, which had like 3,000 followers within a week or something like that. That, that, was, before, it, that was back when Facebook was like yeah. way more like I ran in 2012 and yeah. there was like what Wild West. Like right. you could do, there was like no rules. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. So that kind of accidentally like launched me into this political world. And, um, you know, I, I essentially was a full time volunteer for the write in campaign from that moment until election night and then it just kind of exposed me to a lot of different 
people and opportunities. And um, a few months later is when Aoga. Did you come back? Wait, you, uh, you came, came back to Alaska for that? Yeah, I was just, I mean, I was in Mississippi visiting my husband before he deployed. So I just happened to be in a hotel room watching the you know results come in. And I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to work. So, I mean, I was coming back to Alaska anyway. This is where I live. Wow. So you were, okay. So you started this Facebook page yeah. in their hotel room. Yeah. And then it, it started getting. It exploded like overnight, essentially. So, yeah, so I got involved in that whole crazy thing, which was super fun. But that's definitely like kind of what, you know, the political bug bit me. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, you, say. You, you got the, you got the, yep, you got, got the, the itch. taste. Yeah. Yep. So then um, the next session, there was a, if you can believe this, there was an oil and gas tax, you know, piece of legislation that I think at that time that was one that the oil and gas industry was in favor of. Or SB 21. No, actually it was before SB 21. Or H- it was HB 110. HB 110. Yeah. 110, yeah. Yep, that was the one. Because SB 21 was 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the HB, yep, I remember that one. Yep. That was all the, that's when I started getting involved. I was working for that IT company and then I started going to AOGA, okay. RDC, and a lot, all so these. So we probably were kind of ended up being newbies. That's kind of where I think I the... first met you. Yeah, probably. And then I started getting more involved in politics and I, I'd say, you know, wow, this a lot of stuff happening here and um, you know, the RDC had the lunches or whatever, yeah. and there'd be a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember the HP 110 thing. That was a Parnell. That was a big fight. That was the Parnell thing. Yep. So did that for a session, essentially, with Aoga. And it was mainly just kind of getting them up, you know, like they weren't, they didn't really have a presence online, like through social media, well, I should that's say. That's the last oil and gas association yep. for the listeners. Yep. So kind of helped them beef that up, um, Facebook and Twitter and everything. And then I jumped over to the chamber, Alaska chamber, as the communications and events director. Then I moved over to RDC a year later, and then I did the Stand for Alaska campaign last year. Because you were at RDC for how long? Um, About five and a half years. That was a word I learned you taught me. You were seconded. Seconded, yes. I learned that word. It's a good word. It is a good word. Very specific meaning, too. Kind of like <laughs> ch- child uh, bride. Uh, that means you, you were basically given to somewhere else, but you still are employed by that original yeah, company. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's kind of, um, yeah, right. So they, they farmed me out to, to go run the campaign. I, I don't know who came up. I, I heard, I think I know, I don't want to say it because I'm not sure, but I, I heard um, the person that came up with Stand for Alaska is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Stand for Salmon. What's better than Standing for Salmon? Standing for Alaska. It's a fantastic name. I know those folks were not happy with the name. Here, your name. Mouth, mouth the person's name to me. Yes. Yeah, so can I say that? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I, I heard Sarah Erkman Ward came up with she it. She did. Yeah, so I was like... She had a, she had a whole list of names kind of right out of the gate. And, and I mean, that was just the one that was like, boom, that one. I was like... <laughs> That's the one we're going with. When I, when I saw that, like, whenever it was unveiled somewhere, I was like, yeah. holy sh- shit, that is... Like, they, they you just trolled their their name so hard. Because, mm-hmm. like, they, and then, then they did Yes for Alaska, because they had the... The ballot initiative, and then they had the the, the expenditure group, right? right? They had two different. It was hard. It was really hard to keep track of the different. And I don't know if you pots of money that they had. If you saw my column last week, uh, I found out that the guy Robin Brenner, who's behind the current oil tax initiative now, he owns the building where the Alaska Center. He owns seventy percent of the building where the Alaska Center is housed. Yeah. That was housing the Stand for Salmon and slash, Yes for Salmon. Yeah. So I don't know if that's has anything to do like the money, the five hundred one c fours and. I don't care who it is, left or right. I, I think web. people need to talk about and be transparent with the money. Spend the money, fine. Right. But people, you guys were very, I mean, you had to be. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was very were no tra- options there. Transparent. Yep. Yep. Remember, remember when I texted you and I heard you got some, like, very large bonus? Yes, like, you did. Of, I had actually, I was, I took a nice little vacation after the campaign. Somebody messaged me and said, Katie got a $50,000 okay, bonus. Okay, now that name to me, because um, it was a terrible source. And, and then I was like. If you're listening, 
She's like, you're out she's to like, lunch. You're like, if I got, if like, if I got that, I never got the check, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't, honestly, I don't even know. I have to think. I don't even know who it was, but I just will never um, forget. I, I was landing. My husband and I took a took a nice vacation after the campaign, and no kidding, that text like I was coming in for landing in New York, and I see this text come through from you that said, "I heard you got a fifty thousand dollars bonus," and I just laughed out loud because I was like, <laughs> my husband's like, "What?" I'm before like, before I said it, I was like looking on the, uh, the disclosures, yeah. and I was like, "Did she get fifty large?" I was like, "That's crazy." Gosh. Um, That's such so, a good rumor. I, and honestly, you you texted to me, and I was like, "Maybe I'm still gonna get a bonus." Like, maybe false hope. Maybe I knew, yeah, maybe I knew before you do. It um, never, it never came. <laughs> so, that stand for Alaska campaign. I mean, you guys had a lot of money, but you guys did. We did. I mean, the the what it was it got knocked down two to one, right? It was sixty well, six or something. No, actually, it was uh, sixty two point three two. So almost almost two to one. Yeah, yeah, yep, just about there. And now this oil tax. I mean, this is. Are you dealing with that with your current? That's probably something out of your. I mean, we'll definitely be involved. We'll, we'll be out there waving the signs. We're going to be letting our members know about it. But you know, as far as the the actual campaign campaign, I you know I think that will go through. I, I actually don't know how it's going to be um, formatted. So this time. so RDC basically you got oil and gas, mining, timber, uh, fishing, okay. tourism, right? Yep. So that's a trade group that promotes resources. But the and you came to the Alaska State Chamber. Now you're the president and CEO. Yep. That's a very different. I mean, that's all kinds of businesses that. Probably a lot of them are involved with RDC, I'd imagine, too, right? Yeah, so, so that's nice. There's a lot that I feel like I've just got it. I've got it figured out. I don't I don't need to study up on it. But then there's stuff like, you know, workers' comp reform, which is just something I've never <laughs> never had to deal with. And so, you know, a, a little bit... The riveting from- stuff. <laughs> well, it's important, certainly, for small businesses. I mean, between healthcare and workers' comp insurance... Um, it kills small businesses. Don't you guys so. do? Don't you guys have some healthcare initi- like initiative or we we plan- did uh, insurance program or something? We did, and there was a court decision on the on the federal side that uh, has kind of railroaded that. So we were actually oh, no. right when I right when I showed up at the chamber, uh, I was going to be able to tell everyone like, hey, you know, two weeks after I showed up, hey, we have this new healthcare plan. I was going to look super cool, but um, there was a court decision out of DC that kind of kinks that for the time being. So it's on hold. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll see what happens with the court case because it's been appealed. But um, for right now, small businesses are still looking for affordable health care options. So how many people are in the chamber? How many members does the chamber have? Uh, we have about 700 total. So between companies and individual. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. How many, t- how many people confuse you guys with the Anchorage chamber? Uh, it happened a lot this summer during kind of the, the height of the budget discussions. Um yeah, it happens. It's not too terribly bad, but occasionally, you know, people people will get us confused. So I remember no seeing uh, Rachel Petro a lot. Yeah, she was president uh, years a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, she hired me. So, oh yeah, because you took over for for her. No, who was uh, Curtis Thayer? Yeah, so it was Rachel, then Curtis, and now me. So she's hired you the first the first round yeah. at your at your chamber yep. time. I was just on the phone with her yesterday, actually. So so because she moved to where she, she moved, moved to Washington, Wenatchee. She, uh, was it her job or her husband? Her husband, uh, her, her husband got a, an opportunity with the bank that he works for. I just saw somebody else in Juneau a few months ago. I ran into Kate Blair. Yeah. Who, who also uh, moved for a job. Mm-hmm. She, she's in Minnesota now, I think. Mm-hmm. But she, she used to be involved in all these resource things. And yeah, worked around. at the Alaska Oil and Gas Association. Mm-hmm. And she worked on the t- 2014 campaign. I got to ask you before I forget. Um, there's a core group of, of you ladies. I got to ask you this. Yes. I've heard something, and I think it's probably true because... It, been getting around is this group of, of women you kind of associate with are you guys called the bitch mojis is that a, is that a thing yes that is a thing we have a i belong to a tight-knit group of girls uh 
and we kind of we formed originally just to go run this race it's the one that i don't know if you've heard of it the klondike you run out of skagway run to whitehorse and you have to have a team name and so actually you know renee reeve oh yes so love her yeah love her too she's a she's a bitch moji and um we were just trying to figure out a team name and at the time at the time we were just like sending the bitmojis to each other constantly you know over this big text stream so it was actually her husband who was like why don't you guys call yourselves the bitchmojis oh mike yeah the pilot mike the pilot yeah well, your husband's a pilot so yes there's guys... a lot and then and Dantha's fiance is a pilot so a lot of yeah, aviation pilot. <laughs> yeah pilot heavy in the so, the, so that, that's a thing so that's a thing the yeah bitch, so I, I, we I we it. don't take ourselves too seriously the name you know i don't know the name is the name, so uh, we we're tight knit, great group of gals, very supportive. Recently saw a picture together. that I wanted to share. Uh, let me pour you a little bit more of this uh, really good scotch here. Thank you. Recently saw a picture uh, that I did not share. You guys look like something out of um, NWA 1991. <laughs> you guys, so you guys originally doing running, huh? That was the original. Because you guys seem like a lot more alcohol focused <laughs> now, or you know, vacation focused. Yeah, running group with a drinking problem, I think, is. What some people say. Well, that's uh, a good. I mean, those things kind of cross each other out, right? They cancel each yeah. other. Yeah. No. So, I mean, we have a lot of fun. We're just a super supportive group of each other. We end up professionally crossing each other's paths all the time. Um, but you know, we we try to get a couple trips in a year. Um, we were just just spent a weekend in the woods last weekend. That was super fun. I mean, I saw a video went... involving a, a bag of wine. Yeah. That was fucking amazing, by the way. Well, thank you. Do you guys ever allow men? Is that a no? So like, I'm not getting absolutely not. No, I, I think we could do that's like a hard. A, that's a hard no. I think we do like a landmine video. That's fantastic, and no. That would be. Has, has there been? Has, let me ask you. Has there been a bachelorette party? Or that's vacation? happening. That will be happening in May in Nashville. Oh my god! If you guys need me, I will provide video services of, of no charge. I'm sure you will. I will actually. We will also hard pass on. Be that. willing Thank to you. pay to, to attend. <laughs> so we'd let the significant others attend our christmas party they should That's have their own group the dudes what would you the call that husband slash spouses yeah you'd have to have a different uh, yeah poor that's poor mike. fellas i don't know what you'd call them mike probably has some ideas i'm sure he does they've been around a couple of times like accidentally during you know kind of getting late into the evening of one of our get togethers and like maybe one will come pick us up and they hang around for like 10 minutes and, like we're out so there's there's how many are, how many of you are there there's 10 so, 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 so it all goes back to this race. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the which name, we did four years ago. The, ten, pe- the yep. 10 people. Yep, and then we just had such an amazing time on this race, and we've just stuck together since, and it's been a great great thing to be a part of. It's an amazing group. Yeah, yeah. So, I love those girls. Going back to the, the chamber, I mean, you've been there for how long? Six, Five six months. months. Five months. So, so what's, still a baby. And, and then Albert Fogel was there. Yeah. Who um, oh, I know pretty well, yep. and he had... Uh, not been there very long, but he had, he had taken a job with I think it was Moda, right? Yeah, or? yep. He had an opportunity to go to go back into the health insurance world, and so he took that. So we only you know had the chance to work together for five or six weeks or something. He seems like a good good guy to work I, with. He's oh, very smart. Yeah, I loved having him around. Yep, that was a loss loss for the chamber for sure. And you guys have uh, I read somewhere you have your annual like retreat or fall meet, forum me- meeting coming up. Yep, the fall forum's coming up in Girdwood uh, next month, and so what that is is it's kind of our our big get together of the year for all of our members. It's actually open to the public as well. The first day is anyway, and we kind of tee up the issues of the day slash the year, um, talking about what's important to the state economically to businesses. And then the next day, we have our fall or pardon our policy forum, where our members vote on the positions, the advocacy positions that we'll be taking, and 
and um, talking about for the next year. So it's a pretty interesting process. Um, you know, anyone can bring a position forward and say, I think the chamber should, you know, this should be on their list of things that they're advocating for. Uh, and then the entire membership votes on it. So uh, unique process for sure. This will be my first. Probably not a veto uh, system like you, you guys had with your <laughs> Nope, that's not allowed. Your race. Nope. So um, so this will be my first fall forum as the president and CEO, and I'm looking forward to it. And it's great that it's down the road in Girdwood this year. We hope to have pretty good attendance. So this is uh, part of this is how you're going to uh, tackle positions on the next year for the exactly. legislature. Because state chamber focuses on the state issues, not, yeah. not the local. Exactly. Yep. So if it's of statewide significance and importance, then, then we'll get involved. So, you know, you can bet that we will end up taking a position – um, you know, opposing the Fair Share Act, you know, that, well, the, that's going to happen. Tax, uh, the the ballot initiative. Right, right. I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing my membership will say I'm going to yeah, go on a whim here, and I'm going to go ahead and say that's <laughs> overwhelmingly. Uh, that's the thing I've always said is is there's the m- amounts of taxes, and, you know, you can argue, of course, people want less, sure. They right. want lower taxes. But for me, I've always said, and I've for a long time said this consistently, um, it's like we change the taxes every five or seven or ten years, and you know it's just sometimes they're radical changes, like net tax, gross tax, and you know it just it just seems so um, bad for stability when you think about investing money to drill for oil. It takes what five or ten years to produce the oil, yep. and you have no idea what's going to happen with the tax system. Yep. And, th- and now it's by. I don't even think bonds should be on the net ballot because nobody who really reads those bonds. I know that's. What, I mean, who really actually goes? I don't. I don't read them. I look at the. Okay, what right. is this for? A little bit. Yep. But ballot measures are just bad. I mean, it's in the constitution, so people have the right to it. But you, you, you all of a sudden start putting up very, very complex stuff, and expecting expecting people are going to go in there and actually. But that's the thing. They're not really expecting that. And they're not really hoping for that. You know, they're hoping to get to you emotionally one way or the other. And and you'll make your decision based off emotion. That'll be an interesting one because I've seen, you know, the the messaging I think they're going to say is full dividend, no no cuts. It is going to be interesting. This is a different climate than we've ever had. So you've been doing this since 2010. I mean, I've been here since I moved here in 04, but I, I ran in 2012. And it just seems so different now with... This dividend issue, and I mean, this Laddie Shaw thing happened a couple of days ago. Odd. You know, it's just, it's like there's a, next year is going to be very interesting in the legislature. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be weird. And are you planning to go back down to Juneau? I'm hoping to go back down. I, very I, good. I need to uh, raise some, some funds to be able to do that. But yes. I, I think uh, next year is going to be, if, if last year was crazy, loose. Next year's loose. There, there it is. Yep. Very, very loose. Mm-hmm. So you, you go down, right? You'll, you'll be going down yeah, a little bit from time for... to time. Yep. We'll have our fly in, you know, the typical fly in in January and then. As issues arise, I'm sure I'll be down there to testify or check in or. So how much of rounds. your when I was working for a small company, you're you're bigger, you have a lot of members, but there'd always be a few clients. I work for an IT company. There'd always be a few clients who would just call all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you have that with? I mean, do you have people that kind of call you all the time or complain about you know want to talk about something or want to? No, actually, Nobody. no. I mean, I have board members who do that, uh, but so far, I, I haven't had any you know members that are constantly on the phone complaining uh, about anything. Or I always found that when I was in the IT world, I was an account manager, and it was the clients who paid spent the, the, spent the least, yeah, call, the loudest like, called like took the most of your time. Yeah, the client who paid you know eight grand a month to have a guy full time on site, you never heard from them unless something like really happened. Yeah, you just never never dealt with them. So how much did you just say? Eight grand. Okay. But I mean, that's like full time, you know, they're right. they're there and they don't pay any, 
we have overhead. You know, we gotta yeah. we gotta make make some money. I'll have to talk to you offline about this sort of thing. The IT, yeah, IT outsourcing. <laughs> what, what do they call it? Um, I'm forgetting the word. All of a sudden, it starts with an A. Must be the scotch you gave me. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's pretty common. You know, you get you, you don't gotta hire somebody then, you right? Know, outsource everything. Yep, totally. Maybe you guys could bring me in. You know, to the chamber to. That's true. You're you, an IT guy, you, right? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, You're I'm, just sales. When I first got, development. When I first got hired to do IT stuff, I didn't even know what a server did. Oh. Okay. I, but, but the guy said, uh, "You know people, right?" So I, I can teach you the IT stuff. So why did you come to Alaska in the first place? I was 19, and a friend I grew up with in New Mexico, he was going to school in Boulder and CU, okay. and I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. Oh. I was like dedicated my whole, I was in Civil Air Patrol, really flew, learned, learned to fly gliders. My dad went to school, my husband went to school. Yeah, in um, Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So I like dedicated my life to doing that. I really wanted to do did all the stuff and got the pres- uh, congressional appointment and went interviews and I got the presidential because my dad was in the Navy and uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to get in, you know, I th- thought, great, I'll get in. And I uh, didn't get in. And I also played the West Point in Annapolis. I'm colorblind, I found out. So Annapolis wasn't really going to, I want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. And I played at West Point and there was like a last minute, um, like a wait list thing. And like, do you, you want to pursue it? And I, I mean, I probably... I think I probably would have got it, could have got in, but I, my dad wanted me to apply to that one. Yeah. And it was 03, and um, just made it like rack. Right. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, but because I didn't apply to any other schools, really, I think I might have applied to a few other ones, but I, I really thought I was going to go to the Air Force Academy. So I went to, I ended up having to go to University of New Mexico okay. in Albuquerque. Yep. And I, I don't know, I just grew up there, and I, my friends that were older than me a couple of years, you could just see them doing the exact same thing. Going to the same parties, yeah. same kind of people. So I just didn't. I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And I was big into skiing then. I was like, skiing was a big part of my life. So I looked at Colorado. I looked at Montana, Wyoming. Uh, places to go to school and be able to ski. But I kind of figured, like, if if you're in Colorado, especially, because I had friends who like moved to Arizona or California, and if if it gets a little bit tough, you can just drive home. Yeah. So I went to a at some point in I think high school. I went to a a fair college fair and i saw university of alaska anchorage and i was like fuck alaska that sounds fun like that sounds like a cool place to live yeah and so i decided i was going to alaska my friend who i grew up with in new mexico he was in boulder so you want to go somewhere far enough away that you couldn't just run home if yeah, things got tough that was a big part of it. and alaska was very appealing like the <laughs> yeah. last frontier right. and you know the, the north mm-hmm. to the f- future all that so um i told him i was going to alaska and he was paying like crazy money to go to school in boulder yeah, like, like tuition yeah. and and room and board. It was like twenty five, thirty grand a year or something. So he, could, I convinced him to go with me, and we left in August '04. And this is like before Google Maps and the iPhone. Yeah. So we got to Wyoming the first day, slept in the cars. We both drove our own car. We were gonna, we were actually gonna like get the U-Haul thing. I had an expedition, but it was like so crazy expensive and. To tow his car behind it, we were like, no, nah, we'll just, we can't do that. We'll just drive mm-hmm. separately. So we got to the second day, the Canadian border, went to Lethbridge, and we're like, oh my God, we can drink. We're 19. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we're making great time. We're fucking pretty close. You know, we're almost there. So literally, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Our third, our third like 12 hour day of driving through Canada, mm-hmm. I go, I, we're like, we had these walkie talkie things. We were talking to each other. Yeah. I go, fuck, we're, this is far. This is like really far. So we finally get to the Alaska border and it's still 14 hours. Yeah. So I, I just, we got, we got, and there was times where, believe me, growing, growing up, you know, being young here and very tough. Yeah. Very hard. 
And if just I was, it was super expensive or what? yeah, just f- trying to find work. Yeah. And, and I was working at Cal Worthington in 05. I sold cars for you. I actually made really okay. good money, but I was going to school. So you enrolled in the university as soon as you got here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I did it before because of the WUI, the Western oh, undergraduate. Okay. I got the yeah. WUI, okay. which was another uh, attractive thing. Get like a, almost in state, like 150% in state tuition. Yeah. Um, but no, I was making really good money at Cal when I was 20 selling cars, but then I got big into gambling and mm-hmm. I was like dealing underground poker games and. I quit school for a while, and you know, you have money, you'd be broke, you'd have money, and then I went to like Europe and did a big trip in '06, and then I came back and I was like super broke, mm-hmm. and for like a long time I just wasn't really, I was a doorman to the Captain Cook, hmm. um, but yes. yeah, I mean, eventually I you know went back to school and kind of things got better, but yeah, if I was closer to home, I guarantee I would have right just went like, home. I gotta go, I gotta go home. Well, good for you. That's awesome. It's good. It's good to go. And you, you you grew up all over the place, but I think when you live somewhere your whole life and never leave, you, you, there's always some sense of security. Mm-hmm. You know, you got family or friends or connections. So when you go somewhere, like I didn't know anybody here. Yeah. So then, d- did your friend move up here with you or just drive up? No, he's still he's still oh, here. So okay. he actually, I bought a condo in 2012. He actually still lives with me. He, okay. He, he was in Peace Corps. He went to Africa. Oh, cool. For a while, he was in Liberia um, during the Ebola. He, had, he was actually like hundred less than 100 miles away from where the outbreak happened. Wow. So he was, I think, two and a half year tour. And then he got, after almost two, like not less, not quite two years, he had to come back. They got, got evacuated. When he came back, he was back in Alaska. So we went out to the bars downtown. And I was like, oh, my friend just got back from Liberia and Africa. And they, people were like, fuck. Get away. Like, get away from me, you know, because it was like, like Ebola. And he was like, stop telling people I just came back from Liberia. <laughs> fuck, man. People are like running away from me. I think he actually went through a quarantine. Wow. So that's my story, Katie. That's pretty cool. I like your story. We have a, we have a, not dissimilar, I mean, kind of, you. Yeah. I was 19, you were a little younger, but you right. came back. I did. I came back a couple times. I, and I knew, actually, the day that we pulled into town as a 14-year-old, I was with my parents. We drove, we drove up from Pennsylvania. So you saw, you saw, when I drove in, I saw, I remember seeing downtown, I was like, oh, fuck, there's buildings here. Yeah, I actually it was before we even got to downtown. It was it was passing through Palmer and everything, and I was just like, "This is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. This is my home. I will live here forever. I know that." We came up in August uh, '04, and, and there, there was this, uh, there was the fires. Okay, and it was really in oh, yeah. It was really bad. Yep. I was like, I "Ooh, this summer. this is a uh, horrible." I felt yeah. very like, claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. I came up in '96, so. Um, that was a big leg fire, wasn't it? I think maybe it was, but you know, it was August. Um, it was right before school started, and it was already, you know, kind of getting to be like this, a little bit rainy and damp, and it didn't matter. I just fell in love instantly. So even even when we moved away, I knew I would always always end up back in Alaska. So. I tell people now, if you're going to move here, mm. I always tell people move here in January. To see the you, worst of it. If you come in August, yeah. you're like, damn, this, this is amazing. This is great. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. It's sunny. Know. It's warm. Yeah, and then three months. I remember. It's different now because of the you know seasons, climate's changing a little yep. bit. But oh um, four after that, I always said by Halloween there'd be snow. Mm-hmm. It was always like it snowed literally that first year on Halloween night. We had like two feet of snow. Yep. So for for a long time it was always always a snowy Halloween. All, yeah. But now it's like remember that one couple of years ago it was like two or three years ago it was like we didn't get any snow till December. Yeah. I don't I like I don't like that. I don't either. I like I, the snow. I want the snow to come. I want it to stay, and then. And then we can have summer. Get my, get my cross country skis. Yeah. So I'm do you with, still ski? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, okay. down downhill. I go yeah. Alaska and stuff. But I, I was growing up. I was like big into. I mean, there's good skiing in New Mexico. Oh yeah. I remember. I lived in Colorado Springs as a youngster, and um, we'd go to New Mexico occasionally to ski. Yeah, there's Taos, Angel, yeah. Fall, but then there's like Durango, Wolf Creek in Colorado. Yeah. And I, I mean, probably skied awesome. growing up. 
I don't know, six, 50, 60 times a year, maybe days a year, maybe That's more. Awesome. A lot. Hmm. Cool. So then Elias was probably a little bit of a disappointment for you. I mean, no, it, was has- for, it was for me when I moved up here after skiing in Idaho and Colorado. I mean, it's so steep. It's icy. A lot of times it's raining at the base. Like, it's just... When it's good, it's good, you yeah, know. But if you right. go to, like, maybe... Things, you go to, like, Turnigan or Hat, you have to climb. And yeah, which I've actually... I've never done that. I, used, I, I used, want to do that sometime. I used to be a little thinner. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're looking svelte. So, well, that's days. a good word. So you, you have your French, so you have your all this big vocabulary. Right. And seconded. <laughs> seconded. Well, I want to thank you for coming in. This has Thanks, been, Jeff. I mean, a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check my, uh, well, no, I think I undid the friend you request. You did, so, so sorry about to, that. Uh, one day I'll have a couple of drinks and I'll, Get your maybe today after, after after the scotch we've had. This has been great. Yeah, thanks. I, I need to get uh, the other group, members of your lady group. That would be fun. You could do one big podcast. I think the would be a good I don't podcast. think you'd get a word in edgewise, though, if you did that. I'll, you would just I'll, sit back. I'd be happy <laughs> we to. We would we'll, take over. We have three mics. Okay. I think Deantha would be fun. Renee Reeve, that yeah. would be a good. I did. I did a podcast with Dan Sullivan with her boss. That's right. And I she was. To she that was one. there. Yeah. So, but she kind of stayed. Got, right. Stayed got, back. Let the boss the, do the, the thing. The front of the senator. Right. That That's a good idea. Who else? Who else? Yeah. Tell, tell, tell them to come on. Come on the, by. Come on the radio show. But you won't bite. I, I probably not. What, what's what's <laughs> I that? I guarantee it. He doesn't bite hard. <laughs> 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 All right, Katie Capozzi. Thanks, thank you for coming Jeff. in. Well. Um, do this again, and okay. I'm sure we'll see you around. All right. All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, get a hold of me, and stay tuned for more. Landline.